Dear Father in heaven, we love coming to you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we ask as always that your precious Holy Spirit, who dwells inside of us, would be our teacher, our comforter, our helper, and our friend. Lord, I offer these thoughts today. Whatever is of you, may it go deep into our hearts. What's not of you, let it blow away like dust in the wind. You are good, Lord, and all that you do is good. Amen. Sometimes I think it's amazing the degree to which I need to simply go back to basics. So by now you know that the Lord meets me in my weakness and that I've felt led to be honest about the weaknesses of my life and let the wounded healer move through his wounds to touch my wounds. And then maybe if he so chooses, he can transform, transform my wounds into a place of healing for others. That's simply been the approach that God has led me to take. So I say all that to say that there are a lot of messages that ring around in my head, old messages, that they're just not of the Lord. They're of my thinking, they're of the world, they're of the evil one, and they can really become obsessive to me. Threats of impending doom and harm and uh, rejection, whatever it might be. And I'll be honest with you, when those things come and they begin to harass me and it begins to wear me down, I pray. I pray a lot, oh Lord, take these away. Oh Lord, find the root of these. Oh Lord, heal me, which I, I think is all very, very good. But there's something very, very basic that I need to be adding to that, that I have been adding to that, that has proved very, very effective. So before we go to that, I just ask you, do you ever find that the script written in your own mind does not necessarily align with the truth of God and that it can wear you down with accusation and threat and the desire to press you to measure up. Because if any of that's true, then probably what I'm going to say today will be helpful to you. And again, I think it's important that I say it out loud. This is so basic and yet I can, I can fail to remember. You see, what I want to talk to you about is, at least for me, a renewed appreciation for the power of God's Word when it is applied specifically to counter these messages that are rolling around inside of me, messages that I can often become very obsessed with. Now, remember what I've said. I will admit these things. I pray about them. I ask the Lord to heal the origin of them. I ask the Lord to make them all go away. But sometimes I'm not quick to do what Jesus did, which is to speak back to these messages, the Word of God. Isn't that precisely what Jesus did when he was tempted by the evil one in the wilderness? With each of the three temptations, Jesus spoke God's word. And I have found lately over the past several weeks that recapturing this very fundamental spiritual discipline 
has been quite powerful for me. Now, one of the ways I've been doing it is I take one of my little moleskin journals and I begin to write a particular scripture that I think is helpful for me in that day. So I'm looking at some of the ones that I've written down and that I've been confessing. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. That comes from Second Thessalonians 3.16 or Second Thessalonians 3.3. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Don't let your heart be troubled from John 14. My sheep know how to listen to my voice, John 10. The other day, I decided, I was up very, very early, to meditate on some scriptures by writing them very specific to me. So I'm going to read a few of these. I wrote, Lord Jesus, King of the universe, may you give me the grace and peace that I need for this day. And I got that by the very first verses of Colossians, where Paul says, grace and peace to you all. May you supply all that I need today out of your riches that are in Christ Jesus, Philippians 19. May I not worry today, but instead seek your kingdom at every turn, Matthew 6, 23. I declare on this day that you have rescued me from the domain of darkness, Colossians 1, 13. So what I've done is I've taken a scripture, and I've personalized it, and then I've made it a statement as part of a prayer. And I've been doing that, and I actually have felt a renewed power to press against the messages of this world, the messages that roll in my own mind, and the messages of the evil one, which caused me to think about the scripture that comes in Hebrews Chapter 4, verse 12. Let me read it to you. Very familiar. Again, this is so basic, but maybe it's something basic that you need as much as I need. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. So I began to think about these individual words. And the first thing it says is God's word, which of course is scripture, is alive. We're not just looking at ink on a page. These words have been inspired by the Holy Spirit. They are, as some say, rhema the living word of God. And so God's word is alive. It's not simply a tool you use, but it's somehow empowered. I think that's why Jesus used it in the wilderness. He used something of power against Satan himself. What did he use? God's word. God's word is alive. And then it says God's word is active. Well, there's a lot of meanings of that, aren't there? God's word is busy. God's word is always doing something. God's word never returns void. But I also began to think of it like yeast. When we speak out God's word, when we let it get into our hearts, when we, if you will, memorize God's word, it is like yeast that begins to penetrate all that we are and give us a new strength 
it presses against the message of this world. It says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. That's not something really relevant a lot to us today, but it certainly would have been when it was written because these writers, they, they knew about soldiers carrying swords and the damage that a double-edged sword can do. It cuts both ways. And that's part of what God is saying to us about the power of his word. It, it really has the power to penetrate deeply. And it even goes into that and uses the word penetrate. It goes in. It makes a difference. It says it can divide soul and spirit. I like to think of it this way, that the appropriate word of God applied against the message that seems to be wearing us down can be applied to the soul. It can be applied to the spirit. And given that it says joints and marrow, it can even be applied to our physical bodies. And God's word can actually stand to shed light on our own thoughts and the very attitudes of our heart. Look, I, I have a bend toward anxious care. And as I've said now twice before, I pray about that. I want Jesus to heal whatever causes that. But one of the strategies that is so powerful against these messages that come into our mind is the strategy of speaking out the word of God, of making it personal. Now, I've never been one that has memorized a lot of scriptures, though I have. But I think the whole idea of hiding scripture in your heart is very important, especially when all of a sudden that, that message comes in, oh my gosh, I'm feeling so anxious today. And my mind can quickly go to 2 Thessalonians, where it tells me that the Lord of peace is willing to give me peace in all things and in every way. So I just speak it out. Lord, I want to receive your peace. You are peace. I want your peace. Or if I'm feeling weak, I can go to the other scripture I mentioned in Thessalonians about being strengthened. You see, God's word is living. It is active. It is sharp. It can go deep inside of our lives and even realign the attitudes of our heart. You know, when, when I first became a Christian, years ago, decades ago now, I was told that one of the ways to move forward is to hide scripture in your heart, to begin to memorize it. You know, that is such a good word, but we need to add the other word to it, and that is, and then we use it to counter what our own thoughts or the world or the evil one is planting inside. Actually, there's a term for that. I know I mentioned it years ago here or months ago. It's called the anoretic method. And the anoretic method means that when there is a word coming at you, like, I'm all alone in this, you want to be able to have hidden in your heart 
the word of scripture that says, Jesus, thank you for saying that you'd never leave me or forsake me. The other day I went even a step further, which I'm sure you know about, is I began to imagine. I was reading the Song of Psalms at the recommendation of a friend, reading it again. And very early on, it talks about how much the lover loves the beloved and the beloved loves the lover. And that how I get to sit at the banqueting table of the one who loves me. And I began to just imagine being loved like that, sitting at a rich banquet table, alive, experiencing abundance. I wonder if you and I could, uh, I don't know, make kind of a commitment to one another. Let's be more attentive to God's word, not just reading it. I read scripture every day. But looking for those places in Scripture where all of a sudden it comes alive and we know this is a word I want to bring back when the evil one speaks. The other day, out of Colossians 3, it talks about the fact that my life is hidden with Christ in heaven. My life. So when I begin to worry about life itself... I know that the core of my life is being held in the heart of Christ until I join him in all eternity. The word of God is alive and has power. It's good that we pray about the wounds of the past, pray against the messages of the evil one, but let's not forget to do what Jesus did. He used God's word in order to press back darkness and experience freedom. What do you say we commit to doing the same? God bless you, my friend.